Greetings and welcome to the Ignatian Year podcast. I'm H.J. Dunmore. I'm here with Father Timothy Brown. There was a session that took place a little earlier in the week, and there was a conversation on the Amanda Gorman poem, The Hill We Climb. And I'd read it before, but the way that, you know, you were able to bring some of that out and apply some of that into the conversations that were taking place, I think was very impactful. And I took a look at it again, and it, I looked at it kind of in the new lens of new light and being able to kind of see how that, even though it took place a year ago, it speaks to many things now, but also gives a roadmap of kind of how we can move forward in the future. Well, I thought it was important to revisit Amanda Gorman, the young poet from California who gave a spectacular reading of her poem, The Hill We Climb, at President Biden's inauguration last, uh, last January. And I used it last week as kind of a way to introduce Ignatian uh, pedagogy, Ignatian education to some of our uh, administrators and staff. And it was more of a reading of the poem, stopping, reflecting, reading of the poem, stopping, reflecting. And I thought because it's a Black History Month, we might combine this poem as we continue to commemorate the 500th anniversary of St. Ignatius's conversion. St. Ignatius always talks about entering your prayer with the composition of place. And in many ways, what Amanda Gorman does is she invites the citizens of our country to be together on a hill, Capitol Hill, and she invites us to climb that hill metaphorically more than any other way. And she asks us to reflect. When day comes, we ask ourselves, where can we find light in this never-ending shade? The loss we carry, a sea we must wade. We've braved the belly of the beast. We've learned that quiet isn't always peace. And the norms and notions of what just is, isn't always justice. And yet the dawn is ours before we knew it. Somehow we do it. Somehow we've weathered and witnessed a nation that isn't broken, but simply unfinished. We, the successors of a country in a time where a skinny black girl, descended from slaves and raised by a single mother, can dream of becoming president only to find herself reciting for one. And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we're all striving to form a union that is perfect. We're striving to forge a union with purpose to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gazes, not to what stands between us, but what stands before us. We close the divide because we know to put our future first, we must first put our differences aside. We lay down our arms so we can reach our arms to one another. We seek harm to none and harmony for all. Let the globe, if nothing else, say this is true. That even as we grieved, we grew. That even as we hurt, we hoped. That even as we tired, we tried. That we'll forever be tied together victorious, not because we will never again know defeat, but because we will never again sow division. St. Ignatius has this exercise 
which he calls attentive pauses, where he invites the prayer to read, listen, reflect, take a breath, and pause. And that's what I'm doing right now, taking a pause before the next stanza of Amanda's poem. And in the really formal language of St. Ignatius, this presupposition, he says, to assure better cooperation, more beneficial results, it's necessary to suppose that every good person is more ready to put a good interpretation on another statement than to condemn it as false. In many ways, isn't that what we're all seeking? And isn't that what Amanda is challenging us to do as we climb the hill? When I think about the parts that we've read thus far, the one that stands out and also connected with what we're talking about is, you know, she said, laying down our arms so we can reach out our arms. And when she mentioned that part of laying down the arms so we can reach out our arms, it's one of those things where, you know, she's talking about arms as weapons. And I think also as far as weapons, you know, words are weapons as well. The words are weapons that can reflect the regression or can reflect progression. Progress in the right direction, or regression going, regression meaning going, going backwards. And, you know, when she talks about, you know, the idea of marching, she says, we will not march back to what was, but we will move towards what shall be. And those are words that are speaking towards a progression. They're speaking towards a focus. And, you know, there's the idea of the past, the present, the future. And, you know, when she talks about it, just, it, I really love how the poem sums up in, in, such, in the way that she does it as far as just the history, where we are, what the generation has going forward as far as what they have to take on. And also this new frontier that we're kind of looking at as far as the hill and looking towards reaching that place of a mountaintop to have a, that success. And I think about Dr. King's speech and think about her speaking there in Washington and, you know, just a lot of thoughts. And when you're talking about as far as with looking at it through, you know, the presupposition, that's just an entirely new way of looking at it and applying it to kind of what we're talking about. Scripture tells us to envision that everyone shall sit under their own vine and fig tree and no one shall make them afraid. If we're to live up to our own time, then victory won't lie in the blade, but in all the bridges we've made. That is the promised glade, the hill we climb, if only we dare. It's because being American is more than a pride we inherit. It's the past we step into and how we repair it. We've seen a force that would shatter our nation rather than share it, would destroy our country if it meant delaying democracy in this effort very nearly succeeded. But while democracy can be periodically delayed, it can never be permanently defeated. In this truth, in this faith we trust, for while we have our eyes on the future, history has its eyes on us. This is the era of just redemption we feared at its inception. We did not feel prepared to be the heirs of such a terrifying hour. But within it, we found the power to author a new chapter, to offer hope and laughter to ourselves. So while once we asked, how could we possibly prevail over catastrophe? Now we assert, how could catastrophe possibly prevail over us? When I look at that part of the 
what you just read there, there's the authoring of a new chapter and the power to author a new chapter. And when I think about that, I think what does it take to author a new chapter and what power does it take to do so? What does it take internally to begin to move forth in the place where you're able to one, start the chapter, but also at the same time begin to populate it with the things that are consistent with that new, the new season, the new march, the new walk, or the continuation of a march that may have already begun. The way I, that I look at this is there are indeed chapters. And as a nation, we've reached a place where this is indeed a new chapter. You know, there's a vice president of, of color that's in office. And at the same time, at the time of this recording, they're considering as far as for the Supreme Court judge, it's a new chapter indeed. You know, but when we look to what it was, I mean, we did indeed have a country that is bruised and whole, but at the same time, there is indeed an opportunity to not necessarily forget the bruises because the bruises indeed are what have brought us to where we are today. And sometimes we don't understand why things happen. I don't fully understand either, but it's the point where we've gotten to a place in, in our history where in our present day that we're able to move forward in the right direction with evidence of it as well. But it's the idea of marching forth to what shall be and not marching backwards. And that whole idea again of the progression and then the regression, but we're speaking progression. We're speaking words that contribute to the progress. A country that is bruised, but whole, benevolent, but bold, fierce and free. We will not be turned around or interrupted by intimidation because we know our inaction and inertia will be the inheritance of the next generation. So let us leave behind a country better than the one we were left with. Every breath from a bronze-pounded chest, we will raise this wounded world into a wondrous one. We will rise from the gold-limbed hills of the west. We will rise from the windswept northeast, where our forefathers first realized revolution. We will rise from the lake-rimmed cities of the Midwestern states. We will rise from the sun-baked south. We will rebuild, reconcile, and recover. In every known nook of our nation, in every corner called our country, our people diverse and beautiful will emerge, battered and beautiful. And finally, when day comes, we step out of the shade, aflame and unafraid. The new dawn blooms as we free it, for there is always light. If only we're brave enough to see it, if only we're brave enough to be it. I really like that part at the end, that, and that's just the way that it closes, that challenge that's, that's presented. It takes, it takes a sacrifice at times. Sometimes it takes the ability to kind of step inward and allow revelation light to shine on some things perhaps we weren't aware of. And then from there, it takes a part of being brave, brave enough to see it. Because it's one thing to recognize something, but truly being able to see and understand and understand that which is revealed, that's another step. And then obviously the last part would be brave enough to be it. So it's that part of recognizing that there is light, light that shines that allows us to begin to see things in a new light because of that light that shines on the things that we need to pay attention to. And we're doing a, doing a good job moving forward, but indeed there's still a lot more work to do. And it requires us to be brave enough to be it. 
And as we climb the hill together, and as we march forth together, working even greater every day towards unity in this new chapter, there's a great opportunity for us to do things that are dreamed by the generations before us. But indeed, there's been a passing of the torch. And those that have that recognize the responsibility. And it's a great opportunity with infinite possibilities ahead. This has been the Ignatian Year Podcast. I'm H.J. Dunmore, along with Father Timothy Brown. Thank you for listening.